Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, all right. How's everybody doing today? Thank you. Thank you, thank you. First try, and man, we got a full house today. Uh, I'm so glad that you guys are all here, and if you don't have a seat, I see some seats up here on this, my right side, and, and uh, man, I'm just so glad that those of you uh, have chosen to be a part of uh, this brand new sermon series we're in. Some of you are here for a guest meal after, after church today. We're excited about that. There's just lots of reasons to be excited about and be in church today, so welcome to church uh, this morning. Um, hey, I, I want to, uh, just before we get into the Word this morning, I just want to pray one more time and just ask that God would, would speak through me, that I would just be His voice box, and that I would just be able to, to speak what it is that He's saying to me, to you. Okay, let's do that together. Heavenly Father, we, we give you today. We thank you for this day. I thank you for each and every person in the room, God, those that are online. I pray that you administer the hearts and lives of these, your people, we pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said... Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, hey, man, has anybody had, by show of hands, anybody had a tough, tough year? Anybody had a tough year? Few people. Few people have had a tough year. Um, anybody had a, a tough month? Raise your hand. Tough week. You know what? Let me work backwards. Anybody had a tough um, three years? You know, we call it the pandemic. We call it COVID. It's been a pretty tough season. How about decade? Anybody had a tough decade? Um, what about tough century? You younger kids, you teenagers, you don't even know what a century is yet, but uh, not that I know what a century is, but like some of you, you know, were, were alive before 2000, the year 2000, and, and it's been just a crazy couple of, of decades, right? It's been a, a, a tough, tough few years. And um, so I'm thinking back, and as I'm writing and working on this message, I'm thinking back to like 2020. And I'm thinking back, that was our first year, our church had just turned a year old, and I'm, I'm thinking back to what a lot of like these, these cliches that pastors would say, me included, which was, man, I have 2020 vision. Like the new year, we had this like, you know, 2020 eyesight, you know, where, where you're like, you can see clearly, and yet you couldn't see anything, right? Like just a couple months later, the pandemic hits and, and the world falls apart, right? It's just a mess for the last several years. I couldn't see anything even though I thought I had 2020. In, in that first part of, of, of the, uh, the year in 2020, I lost my grandmother. A, a year later, I lost my father. Uh, we lost our church building where we were meeting at the school that we were meeting at. We, we lost a lot of people at Renew Church, people that, that kind of gave up on church and hopefully didn't give up on God. God didn't give up on them, but some, some people gave up on uh, gathering as, as a church. We, there, there, there were times that I wanted to, if I'm honest, I wanted to give up. There were times when I was just like, man, what am I doing and what is this all for? Anybody else like that? Anybody had a, a, at least a day like that? Maybe a second like that? Maybe not a whole year like that, but a second like that. Okay, so this series is for you. This message series, Hard Knocks, is for those of you that were raising their hands today because this is what to do uh, when things get tough. Actually, though, it's less about what to do when things get tough because oftentimes like the natural response is to keep fighting the natural response is to never give up or or i preach a message that says three steps to overcoming the hard 
things in life. But it's really not what I'm going to be preaching on this week or for the next several weeks in this series. Uh, the reality is, is that's, that's not going to be what I'm going to be talking about as much about what to do as much as about who to be. It'll, it'll be less about what to do and more about who to be. But what do you do when things get tough? This is kind of a rhetorical question, but many people, w- when things get tough, they get angry, right? Sometimes we get, we get upset. Uh, sometimes uh, we begin to point fingers, you know, we start to blame other people and say, this is your fault, you're the reason why that I'm, I'm going through this, through this. Or for me personally, um, my, my personal best, my, my, it's not my best, but it's my worst, me at my worst is sarcasm. Sarcasm, it's this passive-aggressive uh, trait that I have where when things get really tough, I get really sarcastic. So if you're like, man, he is super sarcastic right now, then he's probably going through something really difficult. Um, I don't know what your response is, but the instinctive physiological response, the instinctive physiological response to a threatening situation, to, to a hard knock in life, is what they call, sometimes they call it fight or flight. Anybody ever heard that? Fight or flight? You ever heard of that? Okay, so fight, which is to resist forcibly, or flight, to run away from whatever your problem is. Fight or flight. So as a kid, for me, um, my, my uh, initial response was flight. Growing up in, 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 in church, I grew up in church. I was basically born in church. My parents were, were missionaries when I was born, and my dad was an ordained elder and, and, and a leader of churches, like a, a superintendent, like all kinds of things. So like I just grew up in the church. That's my context. Maybe it's not for you. But let me tell you, even though... Uh, I was in the church didn't mean I didn't face hard knocks. I didn't face difficult times. So as a kid, I was bullied by an older kid, a bigger kid. And, and he literally, I remember him throwing me out of my seat in, in, in the church bus. And I remember another time he shoved me, the same kid shoved me out of the, out of the van into another car, a parked car, and I dented that car. And, and I, they tried to blame me for that. Like, I, I, I literally, in those moments in my life, I, my, my instinctive physiological response was flight. I ran. I, I left that church. My parents left with me, and we said, you know what? We're not going to go. We're not going to be a part of that. As a young adult, I was a leader in the ministry and, 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 and a, a, another leader in the church at, at a time when, when there was some, some you know, uh, disagreement about some things. He wouldn't shake my hand during the greeting time. Another reason why I like for you all to greet one another. I want there not to be anything like that in the house of God. But he wouldn't shake my hand in the church. Can you believe that? And, and I, I did not fly at that moment, but I didn't really fight. So, so like I said, it's either fight or flight. I, I followed a, a fighter. I, I followed a fighter. In other words, I had a guy that was over me, a leader, and he was a fighter. And so I was just like, I'm following this guy because he's a fighter. So I, I got a little bit less of a flight mentality, but not quite the fight mentality. In, in more recent years, um, the last time I had a struggle, um, and, and I figured out that I was fighting what, what seemed to be a losing battle. It seemed to be a situation where I tried and I gave it everything that I could. I fought for it. And I figured out, you know what? You're, you're not going to win this. It's over. That's when I finally stepped out in faith and said, you know what? I think this is where God is calling me to, to, to lead me. And, and, and he uses instances and situations to help me know this is where you're supposed to go and starting a brand new church and beginning and planting a renewed church in, in 2019. But because of all of my formation, from even being a kid to, to growing up to where I am today, 
I, I find myself being a little bit more of a fighter than a flyer. I, I, I find myself as the leader of Renewed Church um, being a, a tad bit more confrontational even than I need to. And some of y'all are like, yeah, you are, Trevor. You're too confrontational. Some of y'all haven't met me like that, so you don't know that. But, but it's this, this thing where I stand up for what I believe and I, I, I speak what I, what I think I need to do because I'm the leader and I, I know what, it, what happens if I become passive in a situation. But I come to tell you today that I don't have to be and you don't have to be a fighter. You don't have to be a flyer either. There's a third option. There's another option that you can choose from and it's not to be a fighter it's not to be a flyer it's to be a a son or a daughter it's to be a son or a daughter amen that's my 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 call for you today i've been reading this book uh by leaf hetland or left hetland and, and the name of the book is called the orphan spirit and he talks a lot about this this concept and and he talks about not so much what to do in the midst of hard knocks but who to be, who to be, because you are sons and daughters of God. If you've declared Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're, you're a son or a daughter. You're not a fighter or a flyer. I have two daughters myself, natural daughters, and, and they've never said to me, Dad, how am I doing as your daughter? At least I don't think they have. I don't remember them ever saying that. Uh, why? Because they're my daughter, and, and that's just who they are. So they never think to themselves, I wonder if my dad still thinks I'm his daughter. No, they don't think that. They know who their dad is. and They, they also know when their dad is upset. They know when their dad's about to punish them or take their phone away or whatever the case may be. But they will always be my daughter. I will always be their dad. Since July 9th, 2005, June 10th, 2010, these girls, my two daughters, will always be my daughters and I will always be their dad. So that's the way that is. And I need you to understand that that's the way it is with your heavenly father. Some of you, though, your context might be a little bit different in your natural, in, in your natural as it relates to your family. As a kid, I had a, a, a good family. My mom and dad were amazing parents. Um, but it doesn't mean that my dad didn't sometimes uh, spank me. Uh, maybe the, the better word is, is whip me or um, the most unpolitically correct term is beat me. Uh, and not physically beat me, like, not like abuse. He's dead and gone to heaven anyway, so you can't turn him in. But he used to whip me. He would sometimes break a hanger on me. And uh, those were the kind of things that, that happened to kind of keep me in line. You know, the hardest part of that uh, was when my, my dad was in the other room because usually he's punishing my older brother first because he's the older one and the, the, usually the problem has to, between the two brothers, right? Between the two of us. And so hearing my brother, who's in his teenage years, screaming like a little girl makes me like just, just the, 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 the thought of what's coming next when he leaves his room and goes to my room. It's like, it's really, really uh, overwhelming to me. But even in those moments, and even after those moments, when my dad would spank me, I didn't ever think, wow, he's spanking me because he doesn't love me. Because if he didn't care, if he didn't love me, he would just be like, hey, you do you. And I, I, don't, I don't spank my girls like that. I don't know why I don't spank my girls like that. I just don't. Um, I'm not saying that I have a, a, a major problem with it because it worked on me. But uh, if, I, if I do certain things, if I punish my daughters in a certain way, it's a punishment not out of spite. It's a punishment not out of, I, I, I want something bad for you, but I want something good for you. And, and that's the same way I felt with my dad growing up. 
it, it was if if he didn't care it would be less like that and it'd be more like hey you do you um, I don't care what you do with your life it's it's up to you but my dad would never do that to me He'd never turn his back on me some of you have a different context some of you have a different situation circumstance your family uh, your, your upbringing your parents were not the same as my family but regardless of what you came in with today regardless of your past regardless of the pain or the struggle I need you to know that your Heavenly Father looks to you like a son and a daughter he doesn't look to you as as somebody that that is uh, in this in this relationship almost of like what I think some people look to God as is a foster Heavenly Father you you get what I'm saying like almost as if well uh, he's my foster Heavenly Father and because he's my foster Heavenly Father um, I think that I've got to do certain things I've got to live in the house in a certain way and if I if I make a mistake if I mess up I'm I'm gonna get kicked out of the house like a foster kid would get kicked out right like like I'm, I'm thinking in that way but you are not a foster kid you are sons and daughters of your Heavenly Father John chapter 14 is one of our texts today and it says this if you love me keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him and this is again speaking to the sons and daughters those that have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior that, that have have surrendered your life to Jesus but you know him and you will be with him forever the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you and then he says I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you so what is an orphan I want to talk about this for just a second an orphan is a child whose parents have died or have abandoned them one or the other it's a it's a, a child whose parents have died or have abandoned them this this uh, word that Jesus uses in this or yeah uh, Jesus uses in this this passage in John chapter 14 is is the word of phanos or phanos which means uh, I will not leave you comfortless those with no teacher no guide or no guardian I'm not gonna leave you as an orphan an orphan is anyone that is looking for a home looking for a place to belong it's it's a longing for belonging an orphan is someone who has experienced extreme rejection an orphan must perform in an effort to gain attention or acceptance think about this think about like the the the, the experience of a child that's trying to uh, move out of the foster home or move out of the orphanage and it's adoption day or it's it's preview day and so the the potential prospective parents show up to the house what does the child do the child puts on her best dress or her best outfit and, and brushes their hair and talks with their best manners and does all of these things why do they do all of these things because they want to be adopted they're thinking that they have to earn their 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 sonship their daughtership they have to to be accepted as sons and daughters spiritual orphans and this is in your worship guide if you're taking notes are always looking for security affirmation love acceptance value purpose and significance because they have never received them from their Heavenly Father 
Spiritual orphans are always looking for security, affirmation, love, acceptance, value, purpose, and significance because they have never received them from their heavenly Father. And if you look closely in the Scripture, you'll find that it's throughout the Scripture. You'll find the, the orphan spirit or the orphan heart throughout the Scripture. In fact, you, you start with the very first orphan was the devil himself. Like literally, the devil was, was the worship leader for all of heaven. But instead of, of, of worshiping God, he wanted to be God. And that decision has caused him to spend the rest of his life on earth trying to get you to feel the way he feels, like an orphan. There are other examples throughout the Bible. Elijah, when rejected by Jezebel, he ran to a cave in isolation. And, and, and there he had just called down the, the, the fire from heaven to prove that God is God. And the, the, the prophets of Baal, they served false gods. But yet he's running from Jezebel and he says, I am the only one left. Right after he's seen God move in his life, he's got this orphan spirit. Then there's Joseph's brothers rejected by their father feeling rejected. Why? Because they're operating in jealousy and insecurity. And they can't celebrate who Joseph is and what Joseph has done. They have this orphan heart in their life. There's this feeling of jealousy for what their brother has. Even the disciples, even Jesus' closest 12 had this insecurity. They, they, they wondered and worried about who would be sitting next to Jesus in heaven. And they couldn't celebrate what God was doing as a whole. Instead, they were thinking, how can I compete against the guy that's sitting right next to me? They were searching for acceptance, security, and significance. You see what I'm saying? The orphan heart applies to all of us. I think it applies to each and every single one of us. Here's, here's one uh, way in which it kind of reveals itself uh, through Scripture. This, this uh, Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4 when God calls Moses to deliver the Israelites out of slavery into the promised land, he's going to be the leader of his people, of God's people, the children of Abraham. In that moment, Moses says, who am I to do this? I'm not the one in Exodus chapter 3. He's saying, I, I can, I'm not the one. He has this sense of insecurity. He has an orphan heart. Then he says in Exodus 3 verse 13, he's like, who am I representing? Who should I tell them has sent me? There's this sense of uh, wondering, you know, what they will say and, and what their response is, what the Israelites' response will be to God as much as his response to him. You see, orphans are always looking out for themselves because they can never be sure that anyone else is looking out for them. Another response, another objection that Moses had was, what if they won't accept me? What if they, they won't accept me? There's this, this fear of rejection and orphans are constantly obsessed with, uh, with what others think about them. They have a need to be accepted. And then the fourth one that you can see in this interaction in Exodus 3 and 4 is, I'm not competent. I'm not the man. I cannot do this. See, Moses said, I'm slow of speech. I have a stuttering problem. You've got to send somebody else. I'm not your guy. And as I began to study this, and as I began to look at it, I began to even see the orphan heart in me. I was like, well, maybe I have that orphan heart that I'm trying to teach about. And so a friend shared this worksheet that kind of does a comparison between 
the heart of an orphan and the heart of a son. And, and as he, he shares this, it's kind of like a, a, a little chart that has different uh, ways that you respond. Do you respond with the heart of an orphan or do you respond with the heart of a son? 20 different characteristics. So here's one, for example. Uh, how do you, what does security look like? The heart of an orphan is insecure and they lack peace. The heart of a son, they have rest and they have peace. Well, if I'm honest with you, I deal with insecurity. I deal with a lack of peace. Oftentimes in my life, I'm constantly having to remind myself to be still and know that God is God. So I have that orphan nature, that orphan heart trying to well up inside of me. As it relates to a need for approval, there's a strive, the orphan heart has a strive for the praise, approval, and acceptance of man. While the heart of a son is totally accepted in God's love and justified by God's grace. You know which one I am? I'm looking for the acceptance of man. I want people to say, wow, Pastor Trevor, you're doing it. Pastor Trevor, you're, you're making this happen. Good job, Pastor Trevor. I have that orphan heart. Time and time again, here's as it relates to peer relationships, people that I'm, I'm, I connect with, the, the heart of an orphan has this competitive rivalry, jealousy towards others and, and uh, their success and their position, while the heart of a son has humility and unity as you value others and are able to rejoice in their blessings and their success. I find myself many times, 16 out of 20 of those characteristics, if I'm honest with you, heart of an orphan, heart of an orphan, heart of an orphan, constantly looking for this acceptance. What if I fail? I, I have to perform to, to prove who I am. Why wasn't my name mentioned? No one even noticed me. Or I get my feelings hurt easily. I, I, I think, what do others think about me? Or why did they leave the church? You know, what did I do wrong? How, am I, how is this my fault? And the worst one, and this might be where you're starting to connect the dots for you because I've done a lot of church analogy and you're like, that doesn't relate. But social media, you see what your friend got. You see the, the, the promotion that they have. You see their new house, the new job, their, their kids getting on the honor roll, all of these things. And how do you respond? Do you like it? And do you really like it? Or is it, man, my kids, my job, my struggle, my situation, why does this happen? So as we open the series, as we start this, I, I start with just kind of this, this idea that I think that there's an orphan heart in all of us. I don't think you have as much of a joy problem as much as you have an identity problem. You're not recognizing that you're sons and daughters of God. I don't, I don't think you have as much of a marriage problem as much as you have an identity problem. You're not recognizing that you're sons and daughters of God. I, I don't think that you have as much of a career problem as much as you have a identity problem, that you are sons and daughters of God. So there's people in the room, within the sound of my voice, those of you online, that you're battling with this orphan heart, but I've come on assignment today. I've come to Renew Church today to say that Renew Church is not going to be a place that will be a, serve as an orphanage for Christians. 
we won't be an orphanage for Christians. Instead, we are going to train up sons and daughters who know who they are and they know whose they are. We love to talk about stewardship, partnership, leadership, but for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about sonship and daughtership. We're going to talk about the fact that you are who you are because of whose you are. Amen? We'll let all the other ships sail. We'll let all the ships go wherever they got to go. Some of them are going to crash or whatever. They're going to sink. But we're not going to allow sonship and daughtership to sink. And it begins with this. Before any other role you live out in this world, you are first and foremost a son and daughter of a good, good father who loves you and calls you his beloved child. Before anything else, before you're uh, 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 an earthly father or a husband before you're a, uh, a, a professional, whatever you do, a student, whatever you are, you're a son or a daughter to a good, good father. Does anybody remember this, uh, this movie? It, my favorite version of it was back in the 80s, but they did a remake of it with Jamie Foxx in like 2014 called Annie. Anybody remember this movie? Anybody show of hands if you've seen it? How many of you saw the 1980 version? That's the better one. The 1981 version, if you've seen the 2014, it's all right. But the 1981, it, it's a lot more dramatic. Like the, the, the bodyguard saves Annie from like the, the, the train or whatever the thing is. It's really, really good. But the, the premise of the movie is, is that, and, and that's where we get this song. Let me just back up for a second. That's, that's where we get the series title, Hard Knocks. Right, because uh, there's a song in the movie, not the, the, the Jay-Z song, don't, don't get that one in your head, but the song uh, Hard Knocks Life where he says, instead of, getting tr instead of treating, we get tricked. Instead of kisses, we get kicked. It's the hard knocks life for us. I'm not going to sing it for you today. But Annie, Annie was left by her parents. Left, put up for adoption and... And uh, Mrs. Hannigan, this crazy lady, uh, takes her into her orphanage, or the newer version is into her foster home, and, and all she has of her parents is a little half of a locket that she wears around her neck all day, all night, every day, ever since she was born. And, and she's constantly looking for the other half of that locket. She sits on the curb in front of the restaurant or, or she's waiting outside wherever, the, depending on the movie you're looking at, but she's constantly looking for the person that has the other side, the other piece to her locket. That's Annie. That's, that's what she's, she's dealing with. And I think there's some orphan Annies in the room today. I think there's some orphan Annies online today. I think there's some orphan Annies that, that have been holding on to half a locket and that half a locket isn't really doing you any good. In fact, it's, it's telling you you're not good enough. That half a locket that you're holding on to says you never measure up. It, that half a locket you hold on to says you're an orphan. And today I come on assignment offering you a whole locket. Amen? Today I come on assignment offering you the whole thing and saying... You don't get half. You get all of it. This is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption 
to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, that, that is a, a, a term that actually means daddy. Like it's, it's, it's not just this, this you know, uh, formal title for, for a father. It's, it's daddy, Father. And by him we cry, Daddy, Father, the Spirit himself testify, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I come on assignment to tell you today that we are children of God. If you have declared Jesus is Lord, then you are sons and daughters of the Lord Most High. Here's what the, the way the Passion Translation, I love the way that the Passion Translation uh, translates this. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. In other words, I need to earn this thing. I got to put on my best. I got to act my, my nicest. I got to do all these things so that I can get adopted. No, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Where in the NIV it talks about adoption, he says, you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Not partial, not half, but whole acceptance. enfolding you into the family of God and you will never be you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection beloved father for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being you are God's beloved child that's the whole locket for those of you that are feeling like an orphan today that's the whole locket. That's everything you need to know. You need to stop carrying around half a locket and saying, I am an orphan Annie or orphan Albert coming to church today looking for the other half. He offers you the whole thing today. So who am I? Who are you? Who are we? We are sons and daughters of God. And the best way to know that, the best way to understand that is by, by seeing who God is. To know that I'm a son or a daughter of God means I have to know who God is. And, and when Jesus taught us to pray, in Matthew chapter 6, he didn't teach us to pray by saying, our master who art in heaven, our Lord who art in heaven, our, our King supreme, our almighty God. All of those are correct titles for, for who he is. But when Jesus taught his disciples and you and I to pray what did he say our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done why does he do that because that's who he is and that's who you are he is a good father and he cares about you no matter what you where you came from no matter what what you your earthly father was like no matter the relationship that you have or the lack thereof with your earthly father, your heavenly father, he knows you and he cares about you and he, he loves you. He offers you the whole locket. The only way that we can break the orphan mentality in our life is to be filled with the sense of the father's love for us, to recognize how much he loves us most famous verse in the Bible it's got to be probably John 3 16 right for God so loved the world it's not just God so loved the people at Renew Church 
or God so loved the people that actually come to church the week after Easter, or God so loved the people that give to Renew Church, or, or, or God so loved uh, the Christian church. No, God so loved the world. That's how much he loved. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, there is a, there is a, a, a stipulation to this, that we would believe in him that we'd put our faith in him, that we would put our trust in him, that we would declare him as Lord and Savior. Whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. His love is that great. It's for each and every man or woman. That's the theme of scripture, throughout scripture. The theme is, is I love you. I'm with you. The theme is, is do not be afraid. The theme is come home throughout scripture and in the parables of Jesus. It's I'm here, please come back. And your reminder has to be that I'm a son, I'm a daughter. Your reminder is I am loved, I'm accepted. Your, your reminder is God is proud of me. And a prayer that I'm going to pray for you is, is and, and for me even, is Father, help me to, to talk like a son. Help us as, as your people to talk like sons, to think like sons, to act like sons and daughters and, and hear like sons, behave like sons and daughters to do these things. Every thought, may every thought be the thought of a son, not an orphan. May every motive be the, the motive of a daughter, not that of an orphan. May every action be the action of a, a, a son or daughter, not that of an orphan that's trying to earn or please a foster heavenly father. May we have a relationship where we see how much he loves us just because he loves us. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. As we close this message, John 14, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I think Jesus, you know, we talk about this a lot of times when we talk about the gospel. We talk about the fact that Jesus was fully God and yet fully man. He experienced everything that we've experienced in human nature, yet was without sin. Even to the point of abandonment. I think that's why it's recorded in Matthew where Jesus says in Matthew 27, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? For even just a brief moment, Jesus experienced that feeling of abandonment that maybe someone in the room feels. And he relates, and he understands, and he, 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 he has experienced these things, but he says to you, I'm not going to leave you there. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. In John 14, he says, I'm coming to you. For just that moment, Jesus became an orphan on the cross, so that we would never have to be an orphan on this earth. There's this orphan heart in many of us. And today I'm offering you the opportunity to be a son and a daughter of the Most High God. To a Heavenly Father that cares about you, that the relationship is not based on condition, based on what you do, it's based on what Jesus already did. So 
What, what are we saying with hard knocks? What are we saying in the series? Not so much of what to do as much of as who to be. When you're feeling like this is what I got to do to earn approval by men or by God, it's already earned. I have the whole locket. I am a son. I am a daughter. I, I'm fully accepted as his child. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If today God's speaking to you and maybe God is uh, inviting somebody in the room that's maybe newer to renew or newer to church, newer to faith, and, and maybe the situation or the circumstances is that you've never actually even asked Jesus to come into your life, to come into your heart. Today can be that day that you're accepted in to the family of God. Today can be the day that you ask Jesus to come into your life, to forgive you of your sins, to be Lord of your life, but also to be your heavenly Father. If that's you today, I'm just going to pray this prayer and I'm going to lead you in it. And if, if this is for you, let me just pray before we do this. Father, I thank you for today and for each and every person in the room and those online. I thank you for the things that you're doing uh, in, in the hearts of people today that, God, you're speaking to because they've been searching for the other half of the locket. They've been searching for wholeness, acceptance, for son, sonship and daughtership. They, they've been looking for this thing and you're saying it's already here. It's already yours. You just have to receive it. God, I pray for the person in the room that, that has known you for, for a long time, whether it be years or months or whatever it is, but they've just never really grasped this concept that today, here and now, that they would just say, Jesus, I'm, I'm giving it all to you. I give you all of me, and I, I, I give you my, 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 my orphan hearts. I give you my, my thoughts, my, my doubts, my competition. God, I just give it all to you today. For the person in the room that's never asked Jesus to be Lord, now's your chance. Now's your opportunity just to ask him to come and be Lord of your life, to forgive you and to set you free. And I'm just going to lead you in this prayer. And you can pray it out loud as I, I pray it. You can just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and make me a new creation. I thank you that I'm a son or a daughter of the Most High God and that He's my Heavenly Father. Today I choose to live for you from this day forward and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. With your heads, continue to be bowed for just a minute. If you made that declaration, would you just lift your hand if today you ask Jesus to be Lord of your life? Praise God. Come on, praise God. Let's give God praise. I see your hands on the left, on the right. Amen. Amen. We don't want to leave you with that. We want to make sure if you need prayer for any reason at all, there will be some ministers, some people that will join me up here. We'll just pray with you. If you need prayer now or even after the service, come and talk to us. But we want you to know you got the whole locket. 
You've got everything that you need right here, right now. There's no earning it. You're not an orphan. You're a son or a daughter of the Most High God. Amen. Hey, if you believe that, can you praise the Lord this morning? Come on. Amen, amen. You may be seated. And thank you all once again for joining us at Renew Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. And man, I've got some great announcements, some, some upcoming things going on here that we just want to keep you all in the loop for. Uh, man, immediately after the service, we're having our guest meal. That's for our, our brand new guest. That came, if, you, if you came back from Easter, can you make some noise in the house? So, hey, there we go. Come on now. Praise the Lord. There it is. So, man, hey, guest meal for our, our brand new guests. We also, if you are coming back from Easter, we also have a, a little gift for you, just one per family. It's a gift card, and you can retrieve it at the uh, Next Steps table that's right over here. It's right next to the Connection Room. So you head out to your left. We have a gift for all of our Easter comeback guests, just a, a token of our appreciation. Just let you know that we appreciate you guys, we love you guys, and we thank you guys for coming and being a part of what we're doing here at Renew church and if you can't make it to this guest meal for whatever reason hey that's okay we're having another one next sunday on the 23rd and you can be part of that come find me come find a pastor rsvp to that and we'll we'll rock and roll and have, and have a great time um also some other stuff we got going on is that same weekend on the 23rd we're gonna have child dedication so if you or a family member, somebody you know has a small child and you want to dedicate them to the Lord, it's just a, a small little ceremony that we do during the service. We pray over them. We, we bless the parents. And, and it's just a, a cool thing to dedicate them in front of this, our church family, but in, in front of the Lord. And here's another thing, too. Here's a cool thing about child dedication is if you invited some of your friends and family to come to Easter and that didn't even get them there, I guarantee you child dedication will get some of your friends and family to Easter, right? Like they might not go for Easter, but they'll go to see your son or daughter get dedicated. So it's just a good opportunity to bring some people into the doors of the church and, and allow them to just experience Renew Church, experience what God is doing here. So if you're interested in child dedication, if you want to dedicate your child to the Lord, just talk to our RC Kids team members and they will get you hooked up and ready for that. Also on that same weekend, we have a big weekend coming up, man. On the 22nd, the day before, on that Saturday, we're having our annual Misfit Youth Color Wars. That's right. Come on. That's right. That's right. So we do this every year, but this year it's a little bit different. It's, it's like a field day competition type thing where typically we've gone against each other, but we have actually opened the doors and it's actually Misfit Youth renews you know, youth group going against three other youth groups in the area. So we would love if you guys would come out. Yeah, for sure. We would love if you guys would just take some time out of your schedule, come and join us. It's from like 9 a.m. to about 3.30 p.m. Just to support our kids, support what we got going on here at Renew Church. We would appreciate that greatly. Um, also, 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 many of you know this, maybe some of you don't. Renew Church, we are two churches right now in two different locations, or one church in two locations, rather. Uh, Miami campus, because you're here, but then also we have our Homestead campus. And let me just, let me tell you what God did for Easter weekend um, this past Sunday. Between both campuses, we had 985 people. Yeah. We had 15,000 eggs. We had five services, 60 decisions to follow Jesus. And hundreds came forward to drop their troubles at the cross. God did something last weekend, man. Yeah, amen, amen, amen. And let me tell you something. 
probably wouldn't have been possible. All the, we, we, we tried to do it big, right? We wanted to see God do something big, so we did what we can, and, and we had all these things and the eggs and whatever and, and all of this crazy stuff, but none of it would have been possible if it wasn't for the faithful giving of you people and those seats that you're sitting in right now. So I want to thank you and give it up for yourselves. Yeah. For your giving of your tithes and offerings made this possible. And, and look at the lives that are being transformed because of it. Thank you, guys. You, you have no idea what that means, not only for us, but just, man, for what God is doing in, in people's lives. And so if you're interested in giving to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. You can drop them off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do it is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting GIVE to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. God, we thank you for these people. God, we pray that you would continue to, uh, God, use this, this, this tithe, this offering, God, as, as we worship you, but use it to build your kingdom, to bring people inside, um, God, to the kingdom of God. And we pray that you would bless these people, God. You know what we need. You know what we're going through. We just pray that you would do what you do, God. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you're going to stay right there. Typically, I would dismiss you, but I'm going to bring on Pastor Trevor. We got baptism today as well. Come on, somebody. in his resurrection. The Christian faith into which you now come to be baptized is affirmed in the Apostles' Creed, which we confess. Here it is. We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church of Jesus Christ, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you be baptized into this faith? If so, say, I will. I will. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you believe that he saves you now? If so, say, I do by faith. I do by faith. Hey, can we give them a round of applause? Amen, amen.
Let me pray. Let me pray for them. We will be dismissed out to the, the courtyard, and that's where we're going to go ahead and, and do these baptisms. And we don't want you to leave. We want you to stay and witness and celebrate these baptisms with these four men. So, Father God, I thank you so much for the, the, the lives of these men. God, I thank you for their hearts, for uh, Rashid, Robert, Jr., and colleagues. God, I thank you for their lives. Thank you for the work you're doing in them, God, that they are new creations in Christ, dying to their old self and being raised to new life in Christ. Continue to work in them, minister to them, and God, I pray that they would be a light and an example as a new creation to everyone they come in contact with. God, touch them and help them. We dedicate this day to you and this baptism to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.